Welcome to another episode of the Trusted Advisor podcast and video series powered by the Retail Solutions Providers Association. Our goal on the pod is to accelerate the success of today's and tomorrow's leaders in the retail IT industry. I'm Jim Roddy back with you again. Thank you so much for joining us for special episode number 100 of the Trusted Advisor. And we're going to celebrate by having on another great conversation with an RSPA member. I mean, it's worked for the first 99 episodes featuring our members. Why should we change now? So in this episode, our topic is sales, specifically building relationships and making sales. And our guest today is someone who knows not just a ton about that topic, but has lived it every day for over 20 years. Please welcome to the RSPA Trusted Advisor podcast, episode number 100, the Vice President of Sales for Distributor Blue Star, Rob Dorsey. Hey, Rob, always a pleasure to talk with you. Oh, pleasure's mine, truly. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jim. No, appreciate it. And great to be talking with you uh, in this format. So to our listeners and viewers, what we're going to do today is take the words of two sales experts and have Rob, who's a retail IT channel sales expert, help us connect those philosophies and best practices to our industry and through his own personal experiences. So what I'm going to do is share quotes from two great sales books. The first is The Trusted Advisor by David Maester. That's a good one. You can see I have all sorts of bookmarks on here, those of you watching on YouTube. And then I have New Sales Simplified by Mike Weinberg. That's another good one. Believe me, I have notes galore on this, just not as many bookmarks. And so we're going to pull out some of those quotes and get Rob's thoughts on that. It feels like a game show kind of, doesn't it, Rob? But you're going to win because you're the only contestant. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, no, it's a, I've read the, uh, the questions. Thank you in advance and I'm looking forward to uh, the dialogue for sure. Awesome. All right. So the first quote comes from the trusted advisor. It says, yes, you do actually have to care if you want to be a trusted advisor. If you want to merely be a vendor, you don't. And so one thing that jumps out to me when I interact with you um, and the Blue Star team is really a genuine passion for the channel. So can you talk about how important that passion is to make you effective in sales and make sure building the relationships, right? People can actually tell, can tell that you actually care about them and about the industry. So talk about passion. Yeah, the passions there. One of the key words that you brought up in just reading the, the question is, is trusted. And uh, on the ride in today, I was thinking about that term of trust. And uh, that's where the root of the entire basis of a relationship is. It's built on trust, and trust is honesty, commitment, being on time, simple stuff like that. And once you have that trust, you nurture that trust over time, and if you're doing it right, the uh, other party that is trusting you has the same understanding and passion and feel that you do, because if you've done your job, you've imparted that passion onto them, and they can feel that, hey, this guy's like me, this gal's like me, we have similar goals, success, and uh the trust model is everything. Got it. And you brought up, you said about being on time. Can you talk yeah. about that, you know, small thing? Because let's be honest, salespeople oftentimes have the reputation that they might be a little disorganized and they might kind of fly by the seat of their pants, things of that nature. But being on time is a way to build that trust and show that they're important. Can you talk about that a little bit more and how that kind of shows your passion and shows that you care? Well, it's it's a small thing. I think COVID uh, this last few years has taught us one thing. When you're stacking up 30-minute calls back to back to back to back all day, um, there's an anxiety about being late. And if you allow that anxiety to kind of fuel you and keep you from being late, it's a real simple concept. 
I am as guilty as being unorganized and late as the next sales guy, I promise. But I can honestly say it's one of the things that I've been trying to be better at. And you know what? It helps. It helps in the trust model. Just It's the small stuff. It's not the big stuff. I did this big sale. Who cares? All right, what's the condition of your heart? And if they can see the condition of your heart, uh, you're going to build trust. And being on time is one of those really core hallmarks. Yeah, Dean Smith, a legendary basketball coach at uh, University of North Carolina, he said something to the effect of there's nothing ruder or more arrogant than stealing somebody else's time, right? Like making them wait around for you. And that's why, like, even when I show up a minute late for something, I apologize. And sometimes people laugh. They're like, it's only a minute. I'm thinking, yeah, but it's a minute of your time, right? You definitely have to acknowledge uh, if you weren't able to make it on time, because that does happen from time to time. The the 10 minute, an old book series, The 10 Minute Manager. Uh, talks about if you get an opportunity to sit with a CEO, and this is a very important lesson. You sit with a CEO, you may have a relationship with him, you may have a, a long relationship with him. He's giving you 30 minutes. You have 30 minutes to do your job, not to catch up. So do your pleasantries quickly, get down to the point, be succinct, and respect the time. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. And so talk about that. Like you brought up, we're talking about relationships as well, that you can't spend all the time just hanging out, talking about boats or sports or the weather or things of that nature. Can you dive into that a little bit more for our audience in terms of how do you build rapport with somebody who maybe you've never met before without wrecking the meeting? And where, how do you find that balance? Um, it, we'll start on time. One, keep the topic. Um, pleasantries are nice. They shouldn't be too long. Um, People want to know that you relate, that you have something in common with them. Whether you do or not, you find some common ground. These are all basic relationship tools. I found that if you, God bless us with two ears and one mouth, that's a ratio that's pretty common for about everyone. Um, so respect it, two ears, one mouth. Listen more than you speak and um, answer questions honestly and be succinct. Right. Yeah. If you want to build trust, if you don't know something, tell the person you don't know instead of trying to feel your way through wow. the situation. So. My favorite term is I can give you my answer or I can go back and get you the answer. Uh, mm-hmm. Which do you prefer? And nine times out of ten, they give me your opinion. But yeah, please do some research. Come back to us. And I'm like, yeah. absolutely be happy to. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. I guess just as a background for our audience members, before we hit record, uh, Rob did show up on time and we did build rapport for a little bit. You showed me a plaque that you had on your wall from when you were in Business Solutions Magazine uh, about 20 years ago. Business Solutions is where I grew up uh, in the channel as well. So uh, Rob's practicing what he's preaching, no doubt about it. So, (laughs) all right, here's a second quote from the trusted advisor. It says, before you can help someone, you need to understand what's on their mind. The right answer is never as right at the outset as it is after it has evolved, informed by inquiry. Inquiry. So can you talk about your best practices uh, that you use to help understand what's on the other person's mind? I think you alluded to one of them before, right? Two ears, one mouth, use them mm-hmm. in proportion. What are some other things you do in terms of to, to help inquire and understand what's on someone else's mind? It's, it's an old negotiation technique. You have your own goals when you go into negotiation, and your job is to find out what their goals are in the negotiation. So if you just take a real basic uh, uh, 101 from that is you've got to figure out what's on their paper. What do they have that they need to get out of that negotiation, and how can you figure out that information? You can't do it by talking to them. You have to do it by asking them questions. 
and you have to ask questions around what you believe is on their paper. So it's, you're right, the outcome is very much more different than the outset. And the outset is preconceived ideas. Hey, this is what I think they have. And if you do a good inquiry, you, you don't have to think, you get to know. Um, do you always get it right? Oh, heck no. Sometimes you leave money on the table or you leave a deal on the table. Sometimes you, you don't. Um, it's just a matter of, of how much time you have, how good are your questions, and, and did both parties come into the discussion with the ability to change their position? That's the healthiest. If, you're, if someone's willing to change their position to get closer to your ideas and you the same, the outcomes are always better. Great. And can you talk about, so you, again, you've been doing this for over 20 years. Do you prepare questions before you walk in? Or is it because you have so much experience, you've seen so many different scenarios, you kind of know, like you don't have to go through that extra preparation, right? You might do some research or find out some other things, but like, do you go with a prepared list of questions or do you already know in the back of your head and kind of play it by ear? I go in with notes on what I think the outcomes could be. Um, and I usually have questions about what gaps. So how do we get there? What are the gaps? Um, you got to identify the gaps and you know, uh, a really, a really solid answer is no. It's only two letters N zero N and O. Um, but no is very good because it's effective. It terminates something and you can move on to something else. Um, so getting someone to yes or getting someone to no, that's, that's the ultimate goal. I am not bright enough to show up in a meeting, just wing it off the hips. So I've got to have prep notes and I've, if I can get a brief, I can get a brief. If not, um, I'll put down my ideas and try and have a summary of what I'm trying to get to. But um, yeah, I got to be prepared. Got it. At the very least, you've got to go on their website, right? Maybe check out the person's LinkedIn profile, things of that nature to get some connection. So you're not walking in like completely cold. And then, like you said, you might see some gaps on there, some things that stand out to show where you align or things of that nature. Does that kind of describe what, what you do in terms um, of before? I, I call that setup. Uh, you have to okay. have setup time, and setup time shouldn't exceed the, the length of the conversation. So, I don't do as much of the uh, LinkedIn trolling or or review or whatever the term is these days. Um, but I, I, do, I will get prepared when it comes to the company, understand who they are, what they are, how they are, and uh, try and have a basis of information. And if you're walking into an aerospace company to sell them uh, aerospace stuff, uh, you obviously don't have a conversation about automobile stuff. So you got to be at least prepared for what the topic is you're going to go, go after. And like I said, you got to have the notes. You got to be, got to be ready. You got to be uh, set up for success. Yeah. I still remember a friend of mine, he uh, went on sales calls with somebody who was a senior and uh, the person went into the office and there were just plaques of boats and stuff like that all over the place. And the guy was like, so you like boating? He's like, what's the person going to say? Like, oh no, this, you know, was here when I moved in, like, <laughs> you know, stating, stating the obvious. Let me ask you this before I move yes. on to the final quote from the trusted advisor. So I know a lot of folks who are listening to this have been in the industry for years. Can you, t and so again, you've been in the industry for years as well. Can you talk about finding the right balance when you're asking questions before jumping to, you said like preconceived notions, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes people can get give you a little bit of data and you're like, oh, I'm going to be able to fill in the, the rest of the blanks with this. Can you talk about how you have that right balance of making sure you're not jumping? You're like applying your experience and your expertise, but you're not jumping a, you know, preconceived notions and, and prejudging at the same time. No, God, no. Um, that's a dangerous, uh, slippery slope. Um, ask questions until you know what you know um, and be comfortable. And you're allowed to get it wrong. You don't have to have it right 100% of the time. Um, 
uh, how many light bulbs did uh, Edison make before one worked? Um, just a perfect example, uh, Napoleon Hill theory. Um, but it's a, uh, you, you just, you, in your gut after this many years, a lot of the groundwork is laid for you in advance of the first question because you, you may know the industry, you may understand their what their goals are, what they're trying to accomplish on the outside, but now you need to find out what's going on, on the inside. So the assumption is that don't make assumptions. That simple. And, yep. and, and work from a position of fact. And if you don't have the facts, you're welcome to fill in the DNA and see if you can understand what may be missing. Yeah. Once again, good inquiry will give you the results you're looking for. Yeah, you should maybe take a step outside, but you shouldn't have to make a leap. Um, yep. And you mentioned Napoleon Hill to our listeners. So Napoleon mm -hmm. Hill wrote the book Think and Grow Rich, which Rob, mm -hmm. uh, your uh, CEO and uh, founder, Steve Kuntz, uh, recommended to me. And I read many years ago. It's it's a different kind of book, mm -hmm. but it really has a, a you know great points in there in terms of uh, you know getting people to drive and and follow through. So again, to our audience, we're recommending a couple books here, but also uh, recommend Think and Grow Rich mm -hmm. uh, by Napoleon Hill. So all right, final quote from the trusted advisor for you, Rob. One of the most significant rewards of a trusted advisor relationship is that in such a relationship, the individuals are most able to fully to be fully who they are. The members of the relationship do not expend energy protecting themselves. I like that. So, and this is another quote that made me think of you again, you and I go back, you know, 20 years or so. I've never seen you put on a front for anyone, right? I've never seen you be like, well, Rob was different in this situation or with this person, right? You're, you're sincere. Cause so can you talk about the importance of sincerity to build a relationship and then, you know, to make sales and have an effective relationship for a long term? A lot of our relationships in business become long standing friendships and they become personal business is personal so if you're insincere and you're personally insincere your business life will ref reflect that you've got to be sincere you got to be who you are um i'm not polished i don't have an ivy league degree um i've worked for some really big companies gee whiz they were great you know um sure i probably could have done something different over the last 20 years chose not to it's just you got to be yourself and everybody who knows me in the channel knows exactly where I stand. Not everyone loves me. Not everyone likes me. Not everyone hates me. I mean, it is what it is. You just have to be yourself and, and, and have some alligator skin, be tough, be tough about it. Um, but when you're yourself, you can always be relied upon because they know that you're going to come through in a measured manner that is consistent and you're rarely looking for outcomes that are outside of your wheelhouse you're staying within what you know um, i'm not a finance guy i've got a finance team for that i'm not a marketing guy of course i'm a sales guy i think we're the best marketing person in the world but reality is is we have a marketing team and marketing experts because well that they're that they're marketing experts well i'm a sales expert i want to be sincere about what i know how i know it and how i can help our partners grow and how i can help our community grow, especially through the RSPA and the other membership groups that we're members of. Um, yeah, just got to be yourself. Don't change. Don't change for anyone. Uh, you mentioned alligator skin. Why did yeah. you mention that? And uh, maybe people who are new to the channel might be like, well, why is that, why is that so important uh, in this industry? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I, I don't even know the name of the book. I read it probably 22 years ago. And it just talked about, and it sounds like you're wearing some type of protective cape you mentioned. You're trying to protect yourself or your image. No, that's that's not sincere. 
it's 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 resilience alligator skin is resilience it's impervious to certain things it's stronger than your normal skin or a coat or whatever and the concept is if you have alligator skin you're confident you're sincere and you're yeah, you're unbreakable they can't take it from you because you've already done it and uh i hope that all the owners on my staff uh, owners versus victims all the owners on my staff wear that wear that alligator skin proud and it's just a the concept being owner versus a victim wake up in the morning i decide hey what am i going to get this day to do for me and the victim wakes up and says man what is this day going to do to me mm-hmm. that's all how you take a look at it i love it and then one thing you brought up where you mentioned about sincerity and and things like that uh, I've never heard anybody use the word like cosmopolitan to describe this channel, right? This isn't a yeah. channel of like putting collar. on your, say that again? We're a blue collar channel. <laughs> yes, very much a blue collar channel. It's not, you know, my daughter just came to the first uh, retail now and she was struck at how normal people were, right? Compared to like some, like you might think you're going to some fine dining thing, right? And people were very much roll up their sleeves, you mm-hmm. know, don't put on any airs. And I said, not not cosmopolitan. So uh, I guess it sounds like you agree uh, with that oh. assessment of our industry as well. And and we, uh, we work hard and we play harder. And yeah. uh, part of that play harder is, that's part of our getting to know each other. Our, that's what I, I want to do things with our partners, the things I do with my friends. And I want to enjoy the company and love the stories and the banter. And um, it, we're not stuffed shirts. We're not buttoned up our ties on so tight we can't even think. Um, do we let our hair down a little bit too much? Me personally, no, but I don't have any. But <laughs> I think sometimes we get a little bit too relaxed. But it, and once again... If you're hanging out with your friends, you can be relaxed. And yeah, you don't my own, pretend to be someone else with your friends. Uh, my college basketball coach, Bob Duquette, for those on YouTube, he's in the plaque uh, that's behind me, the team photo. He always said, like, I don't like cool guys. I don't like guys who think they're cool, right? And that was always his big thing. He just wanted guys who were more lunch pail uh, on his roster. And uh, I guess, yeah, that, uh, maybe that's why I feel comfortable on the channel, because my, my coach couldn't stand it. He didn't recruit cool guys so no, no recruiting the cool guys i hear you I hear no you. no all right so that is uh the trusted advisor and but before we move on uh let's pause here to let our listeners and viewers know about the retail solutions providers association obviously we're letting our listeners and viewers know not robbie's totally familiar with it so the rsp is north america's largest community of vars software developers vendors and distributors in the retail restaurant grocery and cannabis verticals the rsp is a perfect fit for any organization that's serious about growth in those markets and an rsp membership has never been more valuable or more affordable annual members start at just $250 a year, that's 68 cents a day for VARs, and just $300 a year, that's 82 cents a day, for software startups. Accelerate your success in the retail IT channel by joining the RSPA community today. Also, thanks to our sponsors who support the RSPA community and make this podcast and video series possible. Our gold sponsors are CoCard, Heartland, ScanSource, and Star Micronics, and our platinum sponsor is also Rob's employer, Blue Star. So thank you to our sponsors for their support. To receive the benefits of an RSP membership or RSP sponsorship, email membership at gorspa.org. Finally, registration is now open for Inspire 2024, the Retail IT Channel's premier leadership conference. This year's event is set for January 20th through 31st in Puerto Rico. Register today at gorspa.org forward slash inspire and experience networking nirvana.
All right, Rob. So let's move on now to new sales simplified. And the full title is the essential handbook for prospecting and new business development. So first quote I want to share says it's a long one. Your mindset matters. You are an important business person representing a company whose product or service potentially delivers great value to the prospect you are targeting. Once we view ourselves as professional problem solvers instead of just salespeople, this perspective should make us all want to call on target customers. I'm curious. I want to hear your take. What is, uh, what is your take on having that kind of a mindset in sales? Um. It's it's a little obscure. The question's too long. You were right. All right. <laughs> uh, but what I tell my team is is nothing happens quickly, and and be be aware of loyalty that's that turns quick for you, because it's going to turn against you just as quick. So the when it comes to the 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 complete package of going after a partner and keeping them. I, I tell my team, it's the long play. You've got to find out, and you don't know today, just like your comment earlier, the beginning of the conversation, you don't know what the outcomes would be till you get to the end of the conversation. You obviously have more knowledge by the time you get to the end. Now make that a five-year long conversation. And you're going to have to build the story over multiple visits, multiple calls, follow up and follow through, and deliver results best you can without the business, then you win the business. Now you still got to deliver. It is a long play. And if you're doing it right, you're learning it every step of the way. And uh, the knowledge is like math. You learn how to add, subtract, multiply, divide, and then everything gets really difficult after that. Um, same concept. You've got to build on everything from dollar one and idea one till you get to the place where you feel you want to be with that partner. Um, I thought about this over the weekend leading up to this call, and I can think of about a dozen examples where the partners we have today who are the most loyal are only there because they spent enough time to, to, to help us earn the loyalty. Got it. So that's interesting you say that, where um, in this industry, you really have to have a long-term mindset, right? Like we say that when we're recruiting members for the RSPA, we don't want somebody to, hey, I've got the money, I've got the budget. And we're like, well, it's really not the right fit for them. But hey, we want to boost up our membership numbers. We want to make sure it's the right fit for them and make sure it's a right fit for us. Because if you have somebody who's in, you know, that you add on as a vendor, even though you make some, might make some money off them, if they're not a right fit, that's going to kind of, I would say, rock the boat or take you off track or whatever the cliche would be. Is that kind of how you're seeing it as well? Like you have to think about long-term or else you're going to be in trouble in this industry. Yeah. The channel is not fast food. You just don't wait in line four minutes and complain because I made you pull up, pull up and wait for your bag. Mm -hmm. um, the channel is a long play. And nothing you do short term here um, really applies. And you just brought up a good example. We bring on a new vendor at Blue Star and we go out of our way to, to help them understand, hey, my team doesn't know your product the way your product team knows your product. Mm -hmm. When we get to that level of knowledge, you'll see our sales rapidly accelerate. And I, I probably have 35 examples over the last 20 years of bringing on a brand and really not doing a whole lot the first couple of years. And now they're some of our top 10 partners. And it's because once we learn the DNA and we can then impart that knowledge onto our partners, it allows us to just be that much more indelible 
not only with their brand, but with our customers, because we become a trusted advisor. Yeah. We become the guy who knows the answer to the question. And um, that type of consistency is what drives, was driven Blue Star for the last 23 years, or in Steve's world, 35 years. Yes. (laughs) We tell a lot of ISVs who we work with that are just, you know, getting into this space, don't play the channel hokey pokey. I'm going to go get VARs, and I'm going to ignore VARs, and I'm going to come back and come on VARs. Like, you have to start Mm -hmm. planting seeds now, Mm -hmm. and things are going to bloom later. It might not take as long as a tree to grow, but it's certainly not, like you said, fast food or instantaneous or putting in the microwave, and you've got something for them. You you have to take the long-term view. Mm -hmm. All right, next quote from New Sales Simplified says, is there a greater sin in sales than boring your audience? We've all had the experience of being presented to by a salesperson. Salespeople consistently fail because they can't tell their story effectively. So, Rob, you've never been boring, at least in my experience, <laughs> and hopefully hopefully our listeners are feeling the same way uh, as well. And so I'm curious, like, is that intentional or is it just natural, right, that you're upbeat? And like, even in this podcast, people have heard you've used a lot of different analogies and and colorful colorful language right it's not just a boring you know same set of words so is again is that intentional is it natural combination of both i think it's because i'm add uh, <laughs> okay no um uh, honestly i'm a very optimistic person i i just believe that there's the the, the brightest sunniest day hasn't yet come um uh, i've told my sales team for the first 20 years our biggest customer we haven't found him yet keep working and as long as we just keep that optimism in front of us, um, it'll reflect in your speech, your tone, your creativity, uh, your energy. I, I, I had a, the pleasure at Vartech of being on, a, on one of the panels, uh, namely for digital signage. And it was, it was an awkward panel. I'm going to tell you, I sat on an awkward panel. Okay. Um, it was only awkward because all four of the other people, five total on the panel, were all really good friends. And we're all subject matter experts in our own right in each one of our verticals. We had uh, two manufacturer reps, three manufacturer reps, and a software, and then my self-distribution. Um, the comments I got afterwards from our from the members in the audience, and a lot of them I knew real well, a few of them I had de- never met before. Of course, Vortex's busy. I don't always get to know everybody. Um, they said, you guys were really entertaining to watch because you played each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And we can tell that off. Uh, when you guys are after work, you guys hang out and have fun together, don't you? I said, I have had a lot of fun with everyone on that panel mm-hmm. around the world. So um, it, you just have to, it goes back to sincerity. If, if people can see the condition of your heart, they're more likely to trust you and allow you to see the condition of their heart. It's a real simple play. And, and as long as you're not using it for evil and you're using that for good, um, the outcomes should only be positive. Yes, I think Michelle Sirwak, uh, president of Blue Star Canada, he said, you know, we're in the B2B world, but it's P2P. It's person to person. You have to take a genuine interest um, in that person. Like you said, also thinking about them, there's uh, and we have this on the RSP blog. There's people who are energy elevators and there are people who are soul suckers. Right. And you have a choice to go down one path or the other. Right. Thinking about that other person, like you said, are you going to be optimistic and uplifting and elevate their energy? Or are you going to be a, someone who just kind of unloads on them or really just doesn't have much to say? And that's that's a choice in life in terms of how you're going to impact that other person. Yeah. But I'm certain I'm, I'm certain I have had my moments where I've been plenty boring. <laughs> sure, we're we're all human. There's no doubt about that. So absolutely. 
All right. Final quote we'll discuss. Uh, it says a compelling, differentiating client focused story is a prerequisite for new business development sales success. Prospective customers are not interested in what you do. They are only interested in what you can do for them. So what are your thoughts on having a clear client focused story to tell? Um, I, 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 I don't totally agree with that. I believe I even mentioned oh, that. Yeah? To you when I replied. Um, Sometimes you don't have to. Sometimes if you can, if you're going to be selling through storytelling, which is a, a very effective, you make sure your, your story is on point. Um, for example, earlier I mentioned you're talking to aerospace, don't talk about automobiles, makes sense. You're talking to a CEO, you only have a certain amount of time, don't waste their time, being on time being the key. Um, it plays right into here. Sometimes you don't have the story that connects. And that's why that sometimes it takes longer to make that relationship start. I can't tell you the number of partners that are loyal to Blue Star now that for the first 10 or 15 years had nothing for us. We didn't, we weren't public, we're not big and shiny, we don't, you don't know our numbers because we don't report on the third or fourth week of a new quarter, our earnings from the previous year. So we're kind of a hidden story. Um, so relating to those partners, Today, it's about robotics. Today, it's about what technology is taking us to the next level. Um, is it AMR? Is it, is, it, is it actual robotics picking packing? Uh, is it automation, photo eye sensors? You never know what story is going to um, resonate with the person you're speaking with. So you've got to test the waters. You've got to go in there with a few ideas and see what, read the room. Uh, Nonverbal communication is, is my favorite type of communication because it tells me is the message accepted or is, is the message falling flat? And if it falls flat, you got to pivot. And if you don't have a backup of those sincere stories about what's in it for me, with them, what's in it for me, and that's for the customers. How, how am I going to benefit from this relationship with this partner? Can they improve my earnings, improve my efficiency? Can they change the outcomes for my team, giving them more, more time and less setup? You never know. You just have to explore it. And when you get there, you have to be prepared to address it. And hopefully you, you hit the right chords. So thank you for that. And it's interesting you say that. My final question for you will be something we talk about here internally at the RSPA is don't assume that there's a fit. Right. Just because you're talking with somebody, don't say, oh, like for in our situation, we're going to be the perfect community for you because I'm on the receiving end of sales pitches on a regular basis. <laughs> remember one saying like, man, that what we do, it's going to be perfect for what you need. It's going to save you so much time. I'm thinking, well, how do you even know? Right. And if you're going in with that mindset, instead of saying, well, let's explore to see if this could be a good partnership, they're already walking in just looking for the data to try to cram the thing together. It sounds like that's what you're saying when you go in to the, you're like actually genuinely open-minded in terms of, is this a fit now or later, or, you know, who knows, but you're not going to force a situation. It's got to be something that benefits them and benefits you from understanding that correctly. Like having, again, having that mindset going in, we're going to discover if it's a fit rather than I'm going to do whatever it takes to show that it's a fit. Yeah. No, that's, there's a lot of facts in what you just said. Um, I've got a lot of partners, and I thought about this on the drive-in today as well. I've got a lot of partners where I'm really super close, where we talk about our, our wives and our children, our grandchildren together. And uh, we've, we've had personal experiences hunting and horseback riding hundreds, and mile, hundreds of miles away from civilization. And uh, sometimes they, they just, we just don't become a good partner of theirs, but yet we're still very good friends. 
it doesn't always have to fit. Sometimes, like I said, no is a very powerful answer. And the, the salesperson that masters the use of the word no is the best salesperson you'll ever meet because they understand what their strengths and their weaknesses are, and they know how to defer. For example, I can give you my answer, or I can get you the right answer. Mm-hmm. Which one would you like? Um, and, and it took me, it still takes me, the 27 years I've been on the channel before uh, Blue Star, and then including Blue Star, I, I'm, I've, have to, I've had to evolve every year and change my opinions of the way I do things. And I look back at young Rob going, wow, you were impetuous. <laughs> you didn't know much. I started at Blue Star. I was 30 years old. Mm-hmm. And um, I started with the same executive team at the same time. And we've yeah. all been together that long. Yeah. We've all been together a lot of years. And the the no BS is, is, is fact because we know each other all that well. And uh, it's just... You got to be able to roll with the punches and pivot. Yeah, yeah. If you're not willing to adapt to this channel, you're not going. You're not going to stay around for for a few decades. No, oh goodness, no. And 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 uh, I think there's only about 500 business cards left. Yeah. Um, the, the, all the rest have been recycled so many times. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, that does it for this episode of The Trusted Advisor. Uh, If you enjoyed our discussion, be sure to subscribe to the RSP YouTube channel and The Trusted Advisor podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you'd like to learn more best practices for VARs and ISVs in the retail technology industry, check out the RSP blog. You can find it at gorspa.org and then clicking on RSPA blog. Before we go, big thanks again to Rob Dorsey for sharing his wisdom with us today and for celebrating episode number 100. Thanks also to RSPA marketing director Chris Sondra for his production work on all 100 episodes. Also, thanks to Joseph McDade for our music. And last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. Our goal at the RSPA is to accelerate the success of, of our members in the retail technology ecosystem by providing knowledge and connections. For more information, please visit our website at gorspa.org. Thanks Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. And goodbye, everybody.